This is the Horse Radio Network. Hi, everyone. Glenn the Geek here, host of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. The new Stable Scoop will be back next week in full production. We have amazing stories, product reviews, and segments for you. And thank you for your patience and waiting for the show to begin the beginning of the year, 2018. In the meantime, I thought I would share with you the episode of my new show, Finding Florida, where I broke my ribs. Yes, we caught that on tape. Plus, you will love the adventures we had in Daytona Beach. It was a blast, and you can literally come along for the ride. I've both episodes 3a and 3b here for you today 3a gives you a preview of the trip and some bizarre and funny things about florida and 3b is the sound from the trip remember if you like finding florida and my amazing co's jemmy you can subscribe on any podcast player just search for finding florida podcast or you can listen on the horse radio network app search for horse radio network in the app store well until next week have a very safe and happy new year everybody we'll see you in 2018 the florida podcast network the voice of florida this is episode 3a of the finding florida podcast on the florida podcast network the wheels of daytona beach Welcome to Finding Florida, the podcast that takes you from country to the coast. Join your tour guides, an unlikely pair, city girl Jemmy and country boy Glenn, as they explore the amazing sights and sounds of the Sunshine State. I'm your girl from the coast, Jemmy. And I'm Glenn from the country. Thank you for joining us on this lead up to our third adventure episode of the Finding Florida podcast. Daytona Beach has certainly been the backbone of American racing for years. So as a fun way of celebrating this car history, we just visited to see how many wheels we could incorporate into our adventures there in one day. So that's what you'll hear in the next episode. But on this episode, Glenn and I get into the history and heritage of Daytona Beach, including how it became known as the world's most famous beach, talk to Kate from their Visitors Bureau about other attractions that make Daytona Beach so special, and then get into a whole bunch of other fun Florida stuff. Listen in. So beautiful beaches and beautiful waters, arts, culture, and racing. Daytona Beach, it's way more than a beach. Just a quick reminder for you to go ahead and jump into the FPN Insiders on Facebook. It's a closed group exclusively for super fans of Florida Podcast Network shows, such as the Finding Florida Podcast, and will give you access to early scoops, contests, and other special treats. So Glenn and I look forward to meeting you in there. Well, this trip, we were challenged to get on as many wheels as we could in Daytona Beach. And I think we had a pretty lofty goal of, uh, my goal was 100, but uh, Jemmy, Jemmy <laughs> decided to just keep it real uh, bring and go with 40 to or 50. Um, but, you know, we, we the goal it was to get on as many golf carts, go-karts, hot rods, Ferris wheels, uh, bicycles, yeah. electric bikes, hot, you know, just everything we could find to ride in Daytona Beach. Why not? Daytona Beach is known for racing. It's known for wheels. We thought that was a perfect, perfect fit. visit, you know, perfect for our first visit to Daytona Beach. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that's what you're going to hear in episode 3B. And, and, well, let's have a few clips. <laughs> And we are on the beach, on Daytona Beach right now. 76 degrees. It is beautiful And today. it's almost December. Isn't that it awesome? It is perfect weather. It's wild here. And here. everybody up north is now mad at us. 
But that's why we do the Finding Florida podcast. <laughs> Groceries all went flying all over the road. <laughs> and this whole place is just littered in lights in a good way. They're not just smashed on the ground. Like. <laughs> now, just to clue you in, Glenn may still be using a laugh track during this episode. <laughs> so prepare your ears and your mind to make sense of that. But there's a very good <laughs> there's a very good reason why he's doing it. Stomach led. <laughs> he's recovering from a couple of broken ribs. Poor guy. Uh, we'll tackle how that happened at the end of the next episode. But for now, Glenn, how are you feeling, my dear? I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, good. It's been a couple of weeks now, and my he- ribs are starting to heal, uh, and I can actually laugh and talk now. So, and I can breathe now, which is good. That's a major improvement. Very yeah. important. Are <laughs> yes, you doing your breathing exercises? I am, and I've been getting a lot of uh, hassle from from apparently my two wives, you and my <laughs> wife, about doing my breathing exercises and making sure I don't get pneumonia. And uh, you can't die on us. We I both know, rely so, on you. That's what they. I've been told by both. Of you actually, so yeah, <laughs> none of kind that, of none of that incident, which you'll hear about in the next episode. Uh, let's just say it I am all in for making these episodes happen at Finding Florida. He, I am all in body, soul, mind, 100%. Glenn's dedicated <laughs> insurance policy. Oh my gosh, another thing we're dedicated to are the fine folks at Podfest, and we're both speaking there this coming year 2018 yeah in a couple months yeah we're really excited about it so we're gonna be um we'll be talking about launching a local show kind of fitting don't you think so uh yeah so go ahead and look for all the details on that as we continue to roll out that information very good. And one of our friends, uh, Neil Galarte of Wild Style Media, who I work with over on the Horse Radio Network side, and we both know for a long time. He's a great guy. Uh, great guy. Actually sent us a sweet holiday greeting. That's so nice. Happy holidays. This is Neil Galarte, director and editor of The Messengers, a podcast documentary, host of the All Things Post podcast, and owner of Wild Style Media here in Orlando, Florida. I wanted to take a second out to wish Jemmy and the team at the Florida Podcast Network, as well as all of its amazing listeners, a very Merry Christmas and a very happy holidays. So let's now begin this episode where we talk about Daytona Beach, the need for speed, holidays in Florida, and crazy news stories from near and far. So start your engines. Always want to say that. It's sun, it's fun, it's sports, it's art, it's shopping, and it's history. It's Daytona Beach, Florida, and it's way more than a beach. Daytona Beach has such an interesting history, Glenn. It was founded in 1870 by Matthias D. Day. He was a business tycoon from Ohio. He purchased 3,200 acres in the fall for a sum of, how much do you think, Glenn? Million dollars. (laughs) 1,200 bucks. That's pretty cheap. He became the owner of Daytona Beach for 1,200 dollars. I think that's just amazing. And so it became came officially incorporated as a city in six years later in 1876 and t- uh, another 30, 40, how many, I can't do math, 50 years after that in 1926, the three separate towns of Daytona, Daytona Beach, and Seabreeze all merged as Daytona Beach. And what I love about it is it has, I mean, it's a huge beach, very, very wide, smooth, 
hard packed sands. I thought it was just so cool that there's this kind of a beach here in South Florida. And because it's different than most of the other beaches that we have in Florida, actually, it because really it's so is. packed down and it's so hard it's and as wide. If yeah. the gods made a runway right there, <laughs> and you know what? The people looked at it and said, Yeah, we can use this for racing. Let's go. So it became known in the 1900s for its high speed automobile testing and then later racing right there on the beach. It's so cool. If you go to YouTube and look up like retro Daytona beach racing, you'll see what we're talking about. The cars are right there on the beach. So it's been a Mecca for racing enthusiasts ever since. But if we go back a little bit to night to the 1870s, when it was founded, I actually found pictures that we can put in the show notes on our website at finding com of horse and buggies. It, they were what? driving the horse and buggies right onto the beach and they were all lined up there like the cars back in the, so back in the 1800s, they drove the horse and buggies. They, they got their picnic baskets out and the horses were all lined up there on the beach. Who cleaned the poop? Did they That's just wait for high tide? I'll <laughs> just get watched. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh my god! What is that? Yeah, that's horse poop. I hope somebody was cleaning the beach. <laughs> well, you know, not, it wasn't because of the poop, though, but it did become <laughs> known as the world's most famous beach. And it's, it's still a great big sign there as you enter Daytona Beach, the world's most famous beach. And of course, it's become known for Daytona International Speedway. The very first race kicked up the sand. Yes, the sand. Can you believe the first track was right here on the beach back in 1936? And then in 1959, they moved it here to the Daytona International Speedway, the world center of racing. I kind of wish so I could go back and see it. Don't you wish? Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh. Seeing the old cars where they had no safety at all. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was, and of course, millions of people come there every year for the races that are at at Daytona Speedway, but also for the bike rallies and all the other events that happen at Daytona Beach. Yep. It's one of the very few beaches, of course, everybody knows this, where driving is allowed and parking is allowed on the beach. And we're going to talk to you more about that because in the next episode, we're going to get to do that. And it's really, it was really interesting to see the actual, like a speed limit sign on a beach. That was so cool. I loved (laughs) it. It was really cool. Of course, Daytona Beach has tons of other land landmarks glenn what are some of them the clock tower the band shell's been there forever having concerts uh, oh yeah you know, been there for a very long time the pier and boardwalk which we are scheduled to do in the next episode halifax harbor marina there's a bunch of marinas around there we saw a bunch of boats uh, jackie robinson ballpark is there yeah the, uh, ponce inlet lighthouse which i've been to and climbed those stairs in yeah. the ponce inlet like 200 and some stairs and you by the time do that you right now there, could you <laughs> No, I couldn't do that right now. That's for darn sure. And they're very narrow. If you have claustrophobic, if you're claustrophobic, you cannot do it. But the view from up there, you can see everywhere. It is so cool. Uh, And then, of course, you know, Bike Week started in the early 80s, and uh, there are thousands. We know when Bike Week happens over here in Ocala because they're coming through here to head over. (laughs) <laughs> and we see them by the hundreds just heading over to Bike Week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's so much to do in Daytona Beach, like Bike Week and all the all the beach stuff, all the Speedway stuff, all the attractions. There's so much to do. And we had a chance to talk about it all with Kate Holcomb, Director of Communications for the Daytona Beach Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. 23 miles of gorgeous sandy white beaches, biking, lounging, boogie boarding, swimming, even flying a kite. You can even try a paddleboard lesson, courtesy of Three Brothers Paddleboards. Whichever activity you choose, Daytona Beach has got you covered. 
These cars do better than 110 miles an hour, and they're really burning up the sand. So, Kate, thank you so much for talking to us today. We are so excited. We really did have a great time in Daytona Beach last week, and we're just so excited to be able to talk to you. So how are you today? Oh, I am fabulous. It's a beautiful day in Daytona Beach, Florida. Is it ever not a beautiful day in Daytona Beach? You know, a bad day in Daytona Beach is probably better than almost anywhere else. So I would have to say no. <laughs> I, I would agree. Right. <laughs> so one of the big signs that we saw when we were driving through here, actually, we caught it as we were headed towards our hotel, was right there along okay. the beach. And it was this big neon sign. And it says, World's Most Famous Beach. So I want to know, how did it become nicknamed as World's Most Famous Beach? Well, it was actually... Um, well, over a hundred years ago, it was back when cars were first being developed and people were thinking, wow, you know, we could really race cars. And that's as an, that's a, that was a novel idea at the time. And they wanted to set the land speed records and do different things on the wide open, hard packed sands of Daytona Beach. Mm. And it came about from all of that. And somebody said, you know, we're racing on the beach or we're driving cars on the beach. And that's making it the world's most famous beach because <laughs> at the time that was quite a novel idea. So, it really has a long history. If with our, we have a car car culture here. Of course, we have the Speedway, Daytona International Speedway, which is the world's only motorsport stadium. And we started racing on the beach, which now, of course, doesn't happen. We go only in certain areas, ten miles an hour, very slowly, windows down, radio <laughs> we off. We did it. No it was car. a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, yeah, a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, that's how it all came about, and it just is um, something that we have always talked about. And I know that, so yeah, I was one thing that I noticed about the beach. It's very different from the beaches in my area. Like the beaches in my area, you go out a little ways and then there's a little bit of a sand cliff <laughs> and then there's not a whole <laughs> lot between you and the waves. But on Daytona Beach, it is like this huge, wide slab of hard, pressed sand, packed sand. And it just it was awesome i thought it was so cool like this is a huge area for us to all hang out and i mean of course we were there on a wednesday so it wasn't um as full as i'm sure it gets on the weekends but it was a really unique looking beach it was really cool you know, that is one of the things about our beach that a lot of people, especially if they've never been here, really don't realize because we have 23 miles of wide open beaches. Mm. There's a lot of elbow room. If, you know, some parts of it are very action packed and busy and a lot going on and people love that down by the core area, the boardwalk and the pier. But there's also places where it's just very naturally relaxing with natural sand dunes and probably you don't see another person within, you know, as far as you can see. So it's really got something for everyone, but at low tide, it is almost 500 feet wide <laughs> wow. at some point. You can walk on it, stroll on it, run on it, ride your bicycle on it. Yeah. Um, it's just something that is very unusual and different than a lot of other places. And I know it kind of set the groundwork for the founding of, of the International Speedway. I know it has its roots in all of that beach racing, too. And, and your car culture, like you were saying, how does the International Speedway and all the car culture, how does all of that offer something really unique and different to the Daytona Beach experience for someone who's uh, wanting to come visit? Well, you know, there are race fans who love NASCAR races or our sports car races with the Rolex 24 
hour endurance race. But there's so much that can be done, even if you're not a racing car racing enthusiast. For example, out at the Speedway, there are tours where you can go and experience the 31-degree banks and stand on Victory Lane, and you can take a tour and see all those sites. And then you can also see the Motorsports Hall of Fame, which has some fabulous um, different um, things that are in there in the museum that don't even have anything to do with car racing. They have boats and airplanes and all kinds of other things, motorcycles, and even if you're not a racing enthusiast, it's still something wonderful to see, and people are really thrilled about it. But it also pulls in things like our lovely town of Ponce Inlet down to the south, just south of Daytona Beach, where the lighthouse is, the Ponce Inlet Lighthouse, which is, by the way, the tallest lighthouse in Florida, and it's worth every one of the 203 steps to go up and see. <laughs> I was just going to say, I view. climbed that, and I know how tiring it is to climb that. <laughs> oh. But worth it, I bet. <laughs> I did that at a lighthouse. Uh, there is, and I'm trying to find it right now, there is a restaurant that's right across the street from there. It was one of our favorite places to eat. And it was near the the uh, Marine Science Center's. Oh, Hidden Treasure Rum Bar and Grill. I'm going to give yes. them a plug because we love that place. Uh, it, it, there are these huge trees. You eat outside, and you're like under the live oak. You're like ten inches under the live oak branches that go out. All, it's just the coolest thing. It's, it's like right having a natural Expert. shade umbrella right over you with the view of the inlet. And, oh, it's just gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, next time we go, well, I'll bring you there, Jimmy. It's it, it's a great place. Yeah, because, Kate, Glenn's been there. How many times did you say you've been to Daytona? I mean, I, I was a total but, newbie, but how many yeah, times have you been Ocala, there? We live in Ocala, so, you know, we go over all the time. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, there's another restaurant that's very near where the hidden treasure is, and it's called Racing's North Turn. And talking about car culture, that's on the original North Turn of the track that they used to race on. So they used to race one way up the beach and then come around the turn and go back down on A1A and then make the South Turn. And the Racing's North Turn restaurant is oceanfront freshest seafood you can imagine, live music, but wow. filled with all kinds of car memorabilia, racing memorabilia that you can see and check out because it's right there where the North Turn was. Oh, and can I throw so for cool. our dog lovers in there too, when you're out down at that part, when you're down by the inlet, they have a dog beach. I was going to so ask we, if yeah. there's a dog beach. <laughs> yeah, we brought our dog, we brought our greyhound out of the dog beach. It was the first time in the, in the ocean. How fitting oh, a wow. racing dog out at Daytona Beach. Out at Daytona Beach. That's right. <laughs> That's fabulous. So cool. Yes. We, people love to take their dogs down there, and we have so many restaurants and things that are dog-friendly. And down in, I don't know if you were in downtown Daytona Beach. If you weren't, it's another reason to come back. Okay. But there's actually this wonderful little shop called Brownie's Dog Boutique, and they'll tell you all about the Brownie the Town Dog and what that legend is. And and they even have like a, a special marker where he's buried and it's a wonderful story. And there's lots of friendly, dog-friendly spots around. Yeah, maybe that's what we do next time, Glenn. We bring Glory with us and we just do all the dog-friendly stuff. Yeah, the dog things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daytona Beach has to offer. What are like key annual events and things that Daytona Beach celebrates? Well, there's, of course, the, the big events that are um, associated with Daytona International Speedway, which would be the Daytona 500, which mm -hmm. is in February, and Speed Weeks and all that goes with that, the Rolex 24, and there's another great big race in July called the Coke Zero. Um, but there's also um, the Country Music 500 is one of our best ways of kicking off the summer. It's a three-day concert. It's out at the Speedway. It's over Memorial Weekend. Please go online and check that out there. <laughs> like the biggest names in country music are going to be there. Um, we also have 
two motorcycle rallies a year. We have Biketoberfest, which is in the fall, and Bike Week, which is in March. And, you know, one of the most fun things to do in the summer is down, we have a historic band shell, which has had um, been the location of concerts from the time it was built back in the early 1900s. It's right there on the ocean. It hosts cheerleading competitions, national cheerleading and dance corps competitions during spring break. But it's also the place during the summer where they have free concerts um, and they have fireworks on Saturday nights. And that is just one thing that is really lovely to do and maybe not as many people know about. What do you personally look forward to the most? What do you like to get out there and do on your weekends and your afternoons and stuff? Oh, uh, well, I'm kind of an outdoors girl, so I really love kayaking. That's oh. my thing. See, I and wouldn't think have... kayaking when I think Daytona Beach, but you're oh, right. Oh, my gosh. There's so many opportunities. You can g- go down and be in the intercoastal waterway. I'm not in the open water ocean. That's not my thing, but mm. a lot of people do it. Um, I love to be either on the intercoastal or go a little bit further west and do l- some of the natural spring runs and the freshwater lakes. And just there's so many places you can go. Ooh, it sounds lovely. So it sounds okay. So on our list for our next Daytona beach visit, we have to do dog stuff. And then the one after that, we'll do like nature stuff. Sound good, Glenn? Because <laughs> yeah, clearly there's so much to do. <laughs> Deep sea fishing is big out of there too, and you can. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a whole bunch of providers for deep sea fishing, and it's good fishing off the coast there. It's mm. excellent fishing because of our artificial reef system. You know, the county here, Volusia County, has been investing and developing the artificial reef system here for years, and they just are about to sink two additional boats that. Um, out there to make more sites. Oh, cool. And it has created just a really vibrant deep sea offshore fishing. If that's what people like, it is definitely here. Or they can stay inshore and do flat fishing down in the lagoon and all kinds of opportunities. So if we're going to wrap up with a question, mm-hmm. it would be, you know, I know what I like most about living in Ocala. I, you know, I, I like, because I'm a horsey, so I got that going. But what is the thing that you say, why do you stay living in Daytona Beach. Why do you stay? You know, I have been all over the world and I've lived in different places and I love Daytona Beach because of its proximity to the ocean on our beautiful Atlantic side. It's cooler in the summer. It's warmer in the winter. It's got the outdoors, which I love. It's got shopping and dining. It's not too crowded. It's just the right size. And, you know, we have over 200 properties with 12,000 hotel rooms. And we also have a great economic foundation. So I raised my children here. My children are living here. And we all just think it's great. And the Daytona Beach Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. What do you guys as an organization do to help kind of sew the fabric in the community and and keep the travel tourism going and help buttress the economy there in Daytona Beach? Well, we had last year um, an estimated 9.8 million visitors, which we know over half or around half stay with family and friends. Um, and they generated almost $40 million in economic impact. So for our local businesses, tourism is key. And we market primarily to North America, um, including Canada. Our other international markets are UK and Germany. And we have people that come from all over the world who stay here. The Southeast and Florida are our biggest drive in um markets. And we also have direct flights from New York City, Charlotte, and Atlanta. So that's where we market to. And we just try to let people know that 
we lead with the beach because everybody knows that we have a beautiful beach, but we try to explain to them that we have so much more. We have endless adventures that they might want to check out. It's a reason to stay maybe an extra day and, and do something new each time you come. And you're going to hear a lot of those adventures that Jimmy and I went on in our next episode as we, as we made our way around. On the wheels of Daytona Beach. Thank you so much, Kate. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Loved it. And the website is katedaytonabeach.com, right? Absolutely. It's lots of information there. Daytona Beach, the original American beach. Well, you have to tune in to 3B, which will come out in a day or two. It'll be on all of your feeds, and you're going to hear all of the adventures we had. And let me just tease this. You're going to hear a lot of screaming from Jemmy. <laughs> and for a very different reason, he you're going to hear... scream. <laughs> yeah, you're going to hear a very different reason. You're going to hear me screaming and in the hospital. So that's all coming up on the next episode. Oh, my gosh. But guess what time it is right now, Glenn? What time is it? Ah, it's that famous time. Time for us to find more fun stuff out about the rest of the state of Florida. I would dot the West with little hometowns and fill the East with excitement. Right in the middle, I put a great big playground. I would surround it all with water from coast to coast to coast. And I'd give it a name. Florida. We may be the sunshine state, but that doesn't mean we don't get super festive here at the holidays. We just do it in a little bit warmer temperatures. Here's some of the stuff that happens around Florida at the holidays. So one thing we want to talk about is something that Glenn and I actually got to see for ourselves. And you'll hear the audio from that in the next episode. But it's the magic of lights at the Daytona International Speedway. It was so Cool. And there's so, so many lights. And then you go and you drive through the International Speedway, almost like your own. You got to drive under the stamp. I know. That was really cool. That was the coolest part is driving under the stamp. (laughs) You don't realize how steep they are until you're about to drive under them. But yeah, a ton of lights. So it's all these different vignettes, as Glenn used the dictionary word, um, showing different Christmas scenes all in light. So it's really cool, and you get to drive through. The advanced price is $20 for the car, or gate price, $25 for the whole entire car. And they do take credit cards, guys. I know this firsthand because I kind of almost broke their credit card machine. <laughs> we didn't need to talk about that. It was all good, all good. More information at magicoflights.com. And the second one I want to tell you guys about is happening right at Disney World, which was the location of our very first adventure. So Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is happening, has been happening every year since 1983. It happens right in Magic Kingdom, but you got to buy a separate ticket for it. But there's so much cool stuff there, right, Glenn? That's right. And, uh, you know, I have never been to that one, actually. I've, I have all my friends have been to it, but we've never been there. It has the Holiday Wishes fireworks, the Cinderella Castle, and all kinds of things. They have a Christmas parade. They hand out little treats to everybody. Uh, <laughs> it starts at, uh, it is a separate ticketed event, so it is more expensive. And it runs uh, at selected nights starting at 7 p.m. through December 22nd. So as you're hearing this, you'll probably be catching that next year. Well, we have a couple days to rush over there. Yeah. <laughs> a couple days to go. But go for more information to uh, Disney World. Disney.go.com. And I also thought it was interesting as I was searching through stuff, Glenn, that there's actually a town called Christmas right here in Florida. Did you know that? Uh, no, I did not, actually. Yeah. There actually, is? Yeah, 
I'm telling the truth. It's actually halfway between Orlando and the East Coast. And apparently people flock there every year around this time just to get their mail stamp from there. So I thought that was a pretty little fun little side note. If you're near Christmas, Florida, you can get your mail stamp from Christmas. I think that's so neat. Um, but also happening in Jacksonville is a gingerbread house extravaganza. It's happening for its 11th consecutive year. I took a peek at some of the pictures from their all their different gingerbread houses. Oh my. Okay, I kind of want to hire them to design my own house because <laughs> some of them were that amazing. <laughs> But it happens at the Jacksonville Historical Society, and it's all to raise money for children's programs. So if you're near the Jacksonville area, go check them out. Go to gingerbreadjax.org. And happening closer to my neck of the woods down here in Miami is Santa's Enchanted Forest. And I actually, Glenn, just conned my brother into getting tickets for the two of us at Jordan to all go check this out this year. I'm so excited. It's the world's largest Christmas theme park. I can't. In Florida of all places. In Miami of all places. I know. The heat does not stop us. So it has more than a hundred rides and shows and games and attractions. And they actually have a really extended time to go check it out. So if you're in the Miami area or going to be between now and January 7th, you can catch it. Go to santasenchantedforest.com for more information about that. And last on the list of highlights for Florida holidays, and this is something I'm actually going to go to check out myself with Jordan. I'm taking him to Tampa this weekend. We are going to go to Legoland and check out their Christmas Bricktacular. I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. They have all kinds of fun stuff decked out in two of my favorite things, Legos and Christmas combined. (laughs) There's scavenger hunts, a giant lego christmas tree and wreaths and characters i mean it's everything's made out of legos and duplo bricks you get to meet a lego santa a lego toy soldier how do you get to be the lego guy who builds this stuff (laughs) how do you get to work at the park and be the one who actually gets to build the lego stuff no but that would be a dream come the lego engineer or whatever they called i'm sure that's a thing you know what i bet you anything that's a thing and so jordan doesn't know that we're going it's a surprise so if he did, though, I don't know who would be more excited, me or him. I can't <laughs> I wait think, to go I check think it's it out. You, actually. <laughs> I know. Bricktacular is included with standard admission for $79.99 and up, and it runs every weekend now through December 25th, so you pretty much have your last chance right now. Just stick to this. Uh, more info, go to legoland.com slash Florida. Celebrate the holidays in your own Florida way. Example! There is a 35-foot-tall Christmas tree in West Palm Beach that I take my son to check out every year. And it is so cool, Glenn, because guess what it's made of? West Palm Beach? Um, Golf clubs. No, but that's an excellent guess. (laughs) Golf clubs, wine glasses would have also been those. No, it is made of 600 tons of sand. Oh, my God. It is called Sandy Tree. I kid you not, Google it. That's really cool. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to be checking out. Now, in the spirit of the holidays, Glenn, I found a Florida story that I think you can relate to. Okay, a skydiving scent is recovering from a broken leg. Ooh. 
Look at this. After he crashed into a tree and light bulb before hitting the beach in Gulfport on Saturday. This is video of that actual crash. He was delivering toys to the Tampa Bay's Beach Bums Operation Center charity volleyball game. Oh, somebody put a now, tree Santa right Santa was in taking way. on the elf <laughs> on the shelf to a nine-year-old. The elf reportedly left a note for the girl that read, as oh, we geez. were about to land, the big tree jumped right out. Just like you were saying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Boy, See, he hit the top of the tree, too. Crashing, oh, broken bones. <laughs> that hurts me especially right now. <laughs> I can feel his pain, literally. Poor Santa. Nobody is safe in Florida. Poor <laughs> Santa. He'll be available on the 25th because Santa magically heals. Exactly. That's right. Let's, we all have faith in that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Glenn. How about now I put you to the test with a round of Florida or not? All right. Very good. I'm ready. I'm ready this time. <laughs> with each of these next news stories, Glenn, you have to tell me if it is from Florida or from somewhere else. Ready? Florida. <laughs> Just practicing. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Story number one. Headline. YouTube prankster cements his own head inside a microwave. Oh, that has to be Florida. (laughs) (laughs) It's too obvious. Okay, here's the story. Firefighters were left seriously unimpressed, in quotes, after a YouTube video stunt went horrifically wrong. A prankster had his friend cement his head inside a microwave oven on Thursday (laughs) afternoon, according to authorities. His pals fed an air tube into the device so that he could breathe. Thank God for that. And he covered his face with a plastic bag. When when does that ever sound like a good idea, Glenn? When you're drunk is when that sounds like a good idea. Really, really drunk. No alcohol involved in the making of this prank. (laughs) Can't imagine. But their attempt at making a cement mold of his features backfired. So how long do you think he spent like that? Two hours. (laughs) You're pretty close. After spending almost 90 minutes desperately trying to free the man from the appliance, his friends called the fire crew. So they spent 90 minutes before they even called for help to deal with the consequences. Because who wants to be that embarrassed? (laughs) And it says in the news report, at least they hadn't switched the device on. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing they didn't do. Oh my gosh. Are we allowed to say dumbass in this show? Yeah, you dumbass. (laughs) The man was left shaken but unharmed after his rescue. Florida or not, Glenn? Florida. (laughs) (laughs) You're wrong. Wrong! And this is actually West Midlands, UK. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not even an American. Even. I expected that to be United States for sure. Exactly. I was just as shocked. <laughs> I'm just glad to hear we're not the only ones. Oh, my gosh. All right. Story number two. Headline. City employee arrested for stealing city funds to get butt lifts. <laughs> All the essentials only. Miami, Florida. (laughs) Okay, here we go. A city employee stole $93,000. That's a lot of butt raising. (laughs) From the city. And 8,500 of it went towards getting the Brazilian butt lift. Uh, According to a city report, Natoina... I think that's how you pronounce her first name. Clark, 33, charged her city-issued credit card $136. 
times for roughly $61,000 in unauthorized charges and used, get this, her boss's cards <laughs> at least 36 more times for another $31,000. Did she think nobody was going to notice How this? How did, obviously this takes some time. Like, yeah. I, I don't have credit cards that I can spare $31,000 on. I don't know about you. And then it says she also used city money for a, in quotes, large TV. She was arrested in March on the 28th and charged with larceny and scheme to defraud. The city had fired her on March 21st while she was on a cruise ship vacation. <laughs> Florida West Palm Beach, or Florida. Not, Glenn? West Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. it was was gainesville but Uh, oh that's up above me i know i was a little surprised it wasn't down here somewhere but expecting along the coast definitely florida all right story number three headline sturgeon leaps from river knocks teen unconscious (laughs) poor thing i'm sorry to laugh (laughs) okay it's a story wildlife authorities say a teenager was knocked unconscious by a sturgeon jumping from the river authorities say 14 year old heaven nash was boating with her family when a sturgeon up to six feet long Holy leapt into cow. the boat i know it's a big sturgeon <laughs> leapt into the boat knocking her out uh, i don't knock anybody out <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna guess great northwest <laughs> Wait, wait, this is my favorite part of the story. Just, I love this reporter. He said, according to the Wildlife Conservation Commission, the sturgeon are jumping just as they have for millions of years. (laughs) Occasionally, boaters get in their way. (laughs) Nobody was hurt in the making of this. (laughs) Florida or not, Glenn? Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say like Washington State. It actually is Florida. Can you believe oh, really? it? Yeah, there's a town called Chiefland in Florida. And yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know we had sturgeon that jumped in Florida. Me Ooh. neither. Me neither. Ah. All right. So final story. I'll give you the uh, headline and then I'll just let you play it. Okay. You ready? Okay. ready. Headline. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to skip the headline. I'll let the story speak for itself. New this morning, a homeowner gets a gross kind of package left behind by a delivery driver and it's caught on camera. The Amazon driver is in that U-Haul van there, stops to poop in the street right in front of homes in broad daylight. The female driver then runs back into the van and then takes off. Uh, Amazon released a statement about this incident and gave the homeowner a gift card. The driver was fired. I would think so. <laughs> Thanks for that gift card, Amazon. How about well, a you gotta go, crew? you gotta go. They're on deadlines. They have to get those packages delivered. And it's a woman. That's what was the uh, funniest part to me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, because that's usually a guy thing. Um, I'm going to go not Florida. Ding, ding, ding. You're right. This one actually happened in California. <laughs> Sacramento, <laughs> California. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The craziness happens everywhere. <laughs> Well, we want to say congratulations to the Mystery Sound winner from our last pairing of episodes, Janet Wiley. She guessed the Mystery Sound episode 2A and then emailed me and she was right. Now, it was extra tricky because there were two sounds that she had to guess. And let's remind our listeners what that sounded like. Glenn, hit it. 
sounds angry, that one. episode those were mating calls or animals actually in flagrante <laughs> i'm trying to remember glenn did you ever guess what they were yeah i guessed alligator for the first one yeah you got that right yay oh, okay, yeah. okay. that's what it, that was pretty obvious i think i didn't know it was alligators actually doing it but it did sound like no no it's not it's just their mating call oh that's the just their mating call yeah, okay the, the second one sounded one. like a critter actually doing it it uh, was <laughs> uh, Boy, I don't know. Some kind of little chickmunk? <laughs> no, that's a good guess. I get it. But no, it's a turtle. It's a turtle. What? And you have to. I don't care what else you have on your plate today. Go to YouTube and Google turtles getting it on because the video is hilarious. Like the sound is one thing, but the video is just, oh my gosh. Well, they do so sound good. like they enjoy. <laughs> So, Janet, I don't know what you're into, but congratulations on being very familiar with the mating sounds of alligators and turtles. And turtles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and now we have a very special one for this month. And uh, where can people submit their answer for this? So we're going to post something on the Facebook page to so go to there, or you can just email me, Podcast. Sorry, yes, facebook.com slash Podcast, Or you can... Email me, J-A-I-M-E, at floridapodcastnetwork.com. And uh, we're going to give you a little clue. If you don't know this one today, the first one to <laughs> find it in the next episode, because it'll be in there, you'll get, to, you'll get to get your answer in quickly. Yep. All right, so here we go. Do that again. One more time. So the sound... There's a lot going on in that clip, even though it's short. It's that big crash sound. That's what we want you to guess what that is. So the first one to send that in and get it right will win some Finding Florida podcast swag. As promised on the last episode, we're going to try to have this other segment be a regular thing as often as we can. It is the Critters of Florida because not only are the people of Florida a bunch of wild animals, but we have a bunch of wild animals anyway. So we're going to be sharing some stories about Florida's crazy critters. And this one actually happened in Fort Walton Beach just a few days ago, and it's hilarious. So the headline, an opossum released unharmed after breaking into a liquor store and getting drunk. Because <laughs> that's what we do in Florida. It's opossum after my own heart. <laughs> Don't worry, opossum. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the story. The opossum busted into a Florida liquor store and guzzled a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> a bottle of bourbon and so everyone had to get involved from the fort walton beach police to the emerald coast wildlife refuge and just join forces to figure out what do you do with a drunk opossum <laughs> oh my gosh apparently a worker at the liquor store found the animal on a shelf practically passed out with the 
cracked open bottle next to it and nothing else and just wasn't really acting right. And he quickly put two and two together and yeah, took him over to get treated. So the poor thing, I mean, it had a qu- quite a time. And as some people know, if you ever drink too much, what's the next best thing you got to do to help with that hangover, Glenn? Do you remember? Drink more? Drink lots of fluids. So they flushed this thing with lots of fluids and released her a couple days later. No problem. So the only thing... You know what this means, don't you? What? Like humans, this possum's going to be back to the liquor store. And you know what? They need to watch out because apparently this possum, this possum has expensive taste. (laughs) The bottle was a 21-year-old bottle of bourbon. So it's not like it was a... Five dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Not a cheap drug, this no! one. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming along with us once again as we are finding Florida. There's just so much to do in the town of Daytona Beach, and you get an inside peek at our full adventure in the next episode that will be coming out in a day or two. So look for that on your feeds. And for our next adventure, we'll be heading down to Jimmy's area of the state, the Southeast. We're still deciding on a few options that we have. We're waiting for confirmation of a particular event, which we're excited about, we hope comes through. Whether or not we do that one or not, we still are going to be doing another challenge or a road trip or something. We're going to be doing something. (laughs) We haven't quite figured it out. We're doing something sometime, someday, in a day in January, we think. That's right. We'll post that (laughs) as soon as we know what what we're up to there. (laughs) And to find us on social media and figure out where the heck we're going, just head to FindingFloridaPodcast.com for all the links or search for Find FL Podcast wherever you are. Hook up with our Finding Florida Podcast YouTube channel for behind the scenes videos of our recent adventures as well. But on the very next episode, it's the wheels of Daytona Beach. And did the wheels come off? You'll find (laughs) out. And here's to your next adventure. I wonder who was cleaning up the poop. That's my question. Uh, The ocean, probably. You'll hear more of the audio from the next episode are the magic of lights at the Daytona Beach Speedway. Darn it. Daytona International Speedway. Daytona International Speedway. Shut up! (laughs) And for our adventure next month, we'll be heading down to Jamie's area of the state, the southeast. (sighs) But we are still deciding... Am I really going to have to spell it out, J-E-M-M-Y, for you? (laughs) You said Jamie! (laughs) Did I really? (laughs) See, I just read it that way. I don't know why. That's weird. Did I, I bet right the rest of the time, though. It's like I have to do it once per episode. But we will still be deciding. Uh, <laughs> and for our next adventure, we'll be heading. This is episode 3B of the Finding Florida podcast on the Florida Podcast Network. The Wheels of Daytona Beach, part two. Welcome to Finding Florida, the podcast that takes you from country to the coast. Join your tour guides and unlikely pair, city girl Jemmy and country boy Glenn, as they explore the amazing sights and sounds of the Sunshine State. 
I am your girl from the coast, Jemmy. And I am country boy Glenn, and we hope you are ready for your next adventure. As we record this from the beach, we want to first reflect on last month when we took you along with us as we explored the animal experiences along Route 1 in South Florida. If you missed it, go back and listen to episodes 2A and 2B. One of the other things, though, that Florida is known for is its spectacular vacation destinations of all sorts. And today, we want to take you to one that covers all bases, from a relaxing beach vacation to one full of speed and adventure. So this month, Glenn and I take you with us to Daytona Beach! Well, of course, Daytona Beach is known for its beach, its speedway, the boardwalk, all kinds of fun and food and adventure. And, you know, we are doing a challenge this month. Last month, we did a road trip. This month, we're back to adventure like we did at Disney. But, you know, the listeners have challenged us to ride on as many wheels as possible today because you can rent so many different things that have wheels in Daytona Beach. That's what we are doing. We are riding as many wheels as possible. And by the end of this, we're going to have a wheel count. We want to see how many wheels we can be on in one day. Yes. And we want to thank the Daytona Beach Area Convention and Visitors Bureau and our Daytona Beach listeners for all their help in putting today together. So hop in the back of Glenn's pickup truck and enjoy the ride. Daytona Beach isn't just a Florida beach vacation. It's a collection of adventurous tales waiting to be written, told, and retold. Where and when you find them is up to you. On the original American Beach. They're lined up there for the start down on Daytona Beach. And they're off. Alright, so we're standing on the beach right now, and I'm pressing my toes in, and it feels so good. Guys, this is gorgeous. This is as gorgeous as Florida beaches can get. And we've gotten really lucky in our last three adventures that we've had the most perfect days. It's like we ordered the weather. It is beautiful. It's like 80 degrees. It's going to be 80 degrees today. The sun is shining. There's not a cloud in the sky. I know. We need to be ambassadors for Florida, because we seem to bring the sunshine along everywhere we go. And we actually met our very first character already. Already! (laughs) Stop one. And stop one. By the way, is driving on Daytona Beach because it's one of the very few places you can do that in this country. Oh, it's so unique. I've never been driving on the beach before, so this was my first time. And we're the first ones on the beach, by the way, driving because it's so early in the morning. I know. We're We're the first ones here. We have so many stops planned for today. We are going to be riding on bicycles, electric bicycles, golf carts. We're going to be riding in antique cars. Yes. We're going to make a stop over at the Speedway and learn all about that at the Daytona Speedway. I swear I'm going to beg and plead for a ride. I don't know who I have to talk to what i have to do please and you know for our uh for our wheelchair listeners we're our first adventure our second adventure today is actually the wheelchairs that you can rent to access the beach yes we're gonna take a look at those so like like glenn was saying you can actually drive on the beach in your car and then they to make it accessible to everybody because you know if you're in a wheelchair how do you get on the beach so now that we're gonna find out we're going to find out. We're going to find so cool. out. And we have so many things planned for you today that I think you're going to have a lot of fun. But we already have four wheels. We do. My truck on the beach driving at Daytona certainly counts they do as count. one of the things that you can do in Daytona that's unusual, different, and fun. So meet the guy who introduced us and got us onto the beach on our four wheels. Here's Dante. 
So we are about to enter our first challenge at Daytona Beach, which is, of course, driving on the beach, which is what you have to do. And we're at the gate with Dante, who was telling us about all the rules here at the beach. First of all, how long have you worked here? A uh, year and a half. year and a half? You, yes. By the way, you have the look of the guy I expected at the gate of Daytona Beach. <laughs> Thank you. Are you a surfer? Please uh, tell me. I, I do stand-up paddleboard. Yeah? I swim a lot also. Have you lived here forever? Uh, no, I'm from Atlanta. I've been here since 2004. Oh, that's close enough. Yeah. So tell us, what are the rules on the beach? And while you're driving on the beach for safety, they want you to drive with the headlights on, at least one window down. Why is that? Uh, so you can hear here. kids. Right here's, now there aren't here. many kids on the beach, but it's all about safety. Yeah, we were here before most people. Because you we... get a lot of people on the beach with cars, and it's, it could be a dangerous mix. Yeah. So it's all about safety. So no texting, obviously, for the driver. And the speed limit is 10, and the high tide today is at 4 o'clock. And it looked like it was pretty high when we got up this morning, too. Yeah, yeah it's, it's still going out. Low yeah. tide's about an hour from now, about 9.50. Well, this is cool. How many people do you get that come through here that's just so excited to drive on the beach for the first time? Well, at International Speedway Boulevard, on a busy day, you can have um, 400 cars come through. Well, thanks a bunch. Right, we appreciate well, it. Great right, meeting you, Dante. Right, Thank, you. Thank you. And in fact, as we're standing here recording, there's someone on an electric bike on her bike. <laughs> and those are some big tires on that yeah. bike. I just noticed. <laughs> but she is going. Thank goodness she's riding a helmet. She is being a good example for the children. But yeah, we're walking around. So there's some people just leisurely walking. There are birds flying. There's seaweed on the ground. And it's just gorgeous. There is definitely a nice little surf going on. The sunshine. Guys. This is a place to be right now. I need to put my bikini on. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, we, and it is accessible for everybody and affordable. We got our hotel last night from Groupon, and it was $60 a night, and it's a beautiful hotel right on the beach. Yeah, so that's a nice, nice little tip for anybody who does a lot of traveling, like apparently we are right now. You'll go check out things like Groupon and local savers. It's a beautiful like hotel yeah. called Bahama House. Bahama House is gorgeous. Yeah, it's absolutely 60 bucks gorgeous. a night. Even though I must complain, Bahama House. Get some meat in your continental breakfast, please. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the bacon? Where's the sausage? <laughs> some meat. It's America. <laughs> well, we're at the beach, so we're going to take a walk on the beach. And yes. then we're going to be heading off to our next challenge, which, of course, how you access the beach with wheelchairs that are made for the beach. Yep. And we're going to check them out. It's going to be awesome. We're excited, guys. Come along with us. Well, I'm so excited. One of the requests we had when we started this show, especially for my listeners over on the Horse Radio Network, we have a lot of para riders. We have a lot of riders with uh, physical challenges when they ride their horses. And they all said, look, we go places and we can't get around all the time with our regular wheelchairs, especially to the beach. So when we came to Daytona Beach, we knew we had to find somebody who had a solution to that problem. And Greg from Beach Mobility Rentals has the so many solutions, actually. <laughs> Hi, guys. And we are on the beach, on Daytona Beach right now. 76 degrees. It is beautiful And today. it's almost December. Isn't that it awesome? It is perfect weather it's why here. why I live and here. And everybody up north is now mad at us. But that's why we do the Finding Florida podcast. <laughs> well, we got about three inches of sand today. Yeah. Which is really good. <laughs> which is really good. And it's very compact. So what options do people with handicaps, especially like my friend Charlotte, who's in a wheelchair, who's paralyzed from the waist down, what options do they have on the beach? Because the regular wheelchairs sink, tend to well, sink. Well, yeah. the, the, the great thing about Volusia County beaches is that we are such a hard-packed beach. That's yeah, how NASCAR really started, was racing on the sand. Yeah. So that's actually an advantage to somebody in just a standard wheelchair. Um so that most people can bring their standard wheelchair onto the sand. The downside is that once they get stuck, they're stuck. 
and somebody has to get them out. And the other thing is a lot of those wheelchairs, people really don't have any concept of how expensive these devices are. Insurance companies typically pay for things, but when it comes to recreational items, insurance companies don't pay for anything that's for uh, quality of life. They only pay for necessity of life. And what I rent and sell is quality of life. And I like to think that I rent and sell experiences as opposed to renting and selling wheelchairs. I have here, what two options do they have right now that we're looking at when they come out if they wanted to contact you? Okay, so I offer two different styles of beach wheelchairs. One is powered, and it allows you to drive yourself with a joystick, and I can it move it. It looks like a dune buggy on the beach, <laughs> is what it looks like. It's really cool. You're going to be riding in style on this thing. <laughs> It's joystick controlled, and so for anybody that's used to operating a, an electric wheelchair, this is the same style, so they're used to that. Um, what's different is that, yes, it does look a little bit more like a dune buggy. It's got oversized tires. It's pretty um, cool looking, actually. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, it's very and Daytona. I, it is. It is. And it I, is. Like, I like to tell my, uh, my renters, uh, and I call them my clients, and they eventually become friends. They send me Christmas cards, and they're great people. Um, but I like to tell them when I deliver the chair that you're going to be a rock star. People don't recognize you on the street in your regular wheelchair. You're probably in their way. You're underfoot or they feel like, oh, I guess I better hold this door open for this person. But when you're on the beach and you're driving this, all of a sudden, everybody on the beach wants to know who you are right, because you you're driving thing? the coolest <laughs> wheelchair they've ever seen. And they're not even sure it's a wheelchair. So there's always a handful of plastic business cards so they can hand them out to people who ask. And I warn them, you're going to be on Facebook, you're going to be on Instagram, social media is going to blow up with your photograph. And I will tell you that most of the time, my clients will laugh and say, yeah, whatever. And they always come back to me and say, can I get more business cards? People want to know if they can buy these. They want to be able to rent one. And we ran out of business cards. And oh my gosh, you're right. I'm a celebrity down here. And what else do they say about the experience of beat that you have given them about being able to come onto the beach? What have they, what have they shared with you from that standpoint? Um, <laughs> this... This always gets, this gets me in the feels because that's why I do what I do. Um, the experience that I get, the joy of seeing them do something they haven't done in perhaps years or in some cases their entire lives. There's a video of a gentleman on, on Facebook. I'm sorry. Um, there's a video of a gentleman on Facebook that's never been on the beach. And I think he was, uh, 36 or 38 years old. And, um, and fairly heavy set. Um, he actually exceeded the weight limit for my chair, but he had never been on the beach in his entire life. He always rode up on his wheelchair to the deck and watched it, but he's never touched the sand. And, um, my number one rule is you can't drive the electric wheelchair into the water because you'll destroy it. My right. number two rule is refer to rule number one. <laughs> and, I told him, I want you to do as I say, not as I do. So I drove him down onto the water and I got into, into the maybe one or two inches of water and I reached down and I had him hold out his hand and I reached down and I grabbed a handful of sand, wet sand, and I dropped it into his hand and then I made him put his other hand on top and then I poured water on top of it and made him squeeze his hands together. I said, that's what it feels like between our toes. <sighs> and that moment defines why I do what I do. Um, his experience is what you and I get to experience any day we and want. Take it. for granted, and we take it for granted. Yeah. So that's wheelchair number one. That's the electric wheelchair. It'll go. We talked earlier. It's going depending on how you use it. It's going to go anywhere from four to six hours. Sometimes as many as eight hours. Sometimes it'll go two or three days. As long as, as you're going to spend on the beach for sure. Right. You're not going to be there any longer than that anyway. Sure. You're going to turn into a lobster. And just so, like your electric wheelchair, you plug it into the wall and recharge it. 
So that's pretty simple. Now you brought another one that has uh, that looks like a balloon chair. Yeah, uh, so it looks like it has four big balloons attached to the feet or yeah, to the to the wheels. And that's called the debug, and uh, it's very popular. Uh, it's it's popular around the world. Um, most people recognize it. It's not made of PVC because PVC is made for water, not people, not your loved ones. And what people don't realize is that PVC glue will break down in salt air and salt water, so that chair could fail with somebody in it. These chairs are made out of stainless steel. And this is a push chair, so you can't even wheel it yourself. Correct. uh, Because the tires are big balloon tires to go on the sand. Correct. They actually have two to four PSI, which anybody understands anything about tires will know. That's a big balloon tire. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And that chair can get wet. It can go all the way down into the water. Um, It will float if you're uh, wide enough. So I can dump Jemmy in. You could absolutely dump Jemmy in. (laughs) The water's probably about 72 degrees. It'll be a cold day. Yeah, it's pretty chilly. And then I actually have a third chair that is a three-wheeled chair, and it's got flotation devices built into it. That's called the Moby chair, and that does float. And I've actually floated at my own pool inside it. I've sat in it just because I wanted to know what my clients were going to feel. Do they have a leash on it so they don't float No away? leash. No, no okay. leash. So, so some people joke and they say we're going to push our loved one out in the water yeah, and watch them float watch to Cuba. Yeah, float away. <laughs> That's right. So there's two options for people to be able to get fully immersed in water. And then there's one option where they get to drive on land into the restaurant or they can drive it on grass All the way or rocks. Up and down this beautiful thing or they can the drive it up and down the beach. Yep. That's right. Well, that's terrific. We are doing a challenge today, okay. which means we have to be on as many wheeled vehicles as possible okay. in one day. So we're going to do that next. We're right. going to give them a try. Well, enough of me talking. Where can they you find guys your website and find you when they come? So it's pretty easy. It's getonthesand.com. So www.getonthesand.com. You can also, if you feel daring, type in beach mobility rentals, but that's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> getonthesand.com. Getonthesand.com. And that'll give you all the information you need to know. You'll get to see lots of photographs. And if you go to Facebook, you can also find me as get on facebook.com forward slash getonthesand or just type in beach mobility rentals and you'll find me in Daytona Beach. Thank you, Greg. Thank Thank you. We are here with our random find, and our random find is the, the wonderful <laughs> Terry, who is flying and doing circles all around us on his own one circle, his one wheel. It is a board. Imagine if you guys are familiar with um, skateboards, hoverboards, hoverboards casterboards, segways, all those type of things. The hoverboards, really hoverboard, specifically, yeah. is probably the closest, right? And it's just one big fat wheel in the middle of a board and you put both of your feet on either one of it so did you build this yourself terry no no i bought it bought it online yeah uh they're manufactured out in california how long does it take to balance on this thing and figure it out before you when you stop breaking bones (laughs) you could do it very quickly yeah Yeah. it's no motor or anything yeah there is a motor there is a motor there's an electric motor in the hub there's a battery on the under the one side on the other side is a pressure plate, so you have to get it into a balancing position, and then the more pressure you put on the pressure plate, the faster so it'll it go. So it kind of works like a Segway that way. Yeah. It's it has similar. some of the electronics. You can find this thing. How did you get into it? You know, I was uh, looking at Kai Lenny, who is a champion paddleboarder's uh, Facebook page, and he had gotten one. And I saw him on that, and I said, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I started looking into it. Awesome. What's it called again? A one wheel. One wheel. And that's, I'm sure if they go to YouTube and, and search, they'll find videos all over the place of them. Right. Yeah. Right. There, there are videos. Oh, nice. Let me ask you, is, is the you beach... You are flying, too. But... I know. You're going so fast. Is the beach your favorite surface to ride on, or where else yeah. do you like to ride? Uh, yeah, I only... It hurts less when you fall. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I usually go up and down the beach only. Uh, yeah. 
I do a little bit on pavement. It it feels different mm. there. You can turn more tightly and, yeah. and so on. But yeah, if you go on uh, YouTube, you'll find all sorts of videos of guys going out on uh, you know, downhill terrain type of thing. Well, this and is very cool. It is How fast cool. can you go? Um, 12 to 15 miles. That's booking on a one Whoa. board trying to balance yourself. Well, that exceeds the That's speed limit on the beat, so make yeah. sure you don't get yeah, fined. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Thank you, You're Terry. So we're back in the car after doing the mobility challenge on the beach. And let me tell you, that was a whole lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. I mean, not for nothing, but if you have to go to the beach in style, that's the way to do it. Those things rock. The electric wheelchair thing. You were giggling and taking it <laughs> off road and like a wild woman, like anything else you drive. I it was really testing it with the turns <laughs> and the going over the seaweed hills. Like, we, we're going to have fun. some video of all of these challenges today on Finding Florida Podcast. We'll put them up there yeah. on our website at FindingFloridaPodcast.com. And it was cool. We actually got to run into this random guy named Terry, so that's a random find. But let's do a quick wheel count. Yeah. Let's see. We're at wheel count is for earlier when we drove on the beach, uh, which mm -hmm. you do in Daytona, which is the absolute first thing you have to do. Yep. There are eight total wheels with the wheelchairs. We had the electric and the non-electric, which, by the way, rolled smoothly and just was perfect. Awesome. I can see why people rent them. Mm -hmm. And then we we had the one with Terry with his one wheel, which we did not ride, but we stood on it because... Hey, it, no, 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 no. Our feet touched it. Our that feet counts. touched it. That counts because otherwise we were going to die because that's a death trap right Imagine there. us on a sudden hoverboard. Neither yeah. one of us would have survived. Not good. So we're up to 13 wheels 13. so far. And we're heading out to... Hanksters, Hanksters to check out some antiques and some cool hot rod cars. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm, I'm excited. excited. Yeah, let's go riding some hot rods. We are at Hangsters, which is just a hotbed of hot rods, and I am loving it. So tell us a little bit about Hangsters. You said it's only been here a couple of years. Tell us how it got started. Yeah, it got uh, started with uh, two of my associates up in Pennsylvania, Kevin Sargent and uh, Gary Hankinson, where the name Hangsters uh, originated. It opened, uh, I believe it was February. It'll be uh, two years, the end of February here. Everybody an idea what you guys do. Uh, especially cars. We do, uh, cars that are, uh, collector cars, uh, muscle cars. We kind of specialize in muscle cars, you know, Camaros, uh, Roadrunners, uh, uh, Plymouth GTXs, Hemi cars, big block Chevys, Camaros, uh, Chevelles, uh, Olds 442s, uh, anything in the uh, muscle car era. We, we try to keep about 80 cars on the floor at all times. And they're all for sale. Everything in the building's for sale. Anything that you see is for sale. Someone can just come in and take a look around and get yeah, to know your vehicle. There's no, there's no uh, fee for coming in to look at the uh, facility, to, to browse through it and... and uh, uh, there's a fee if you want to buy something. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely yeah. a fee, and small it ranges fees, anywhere <laughs> from uh, a low of about ten grand up to real close to the century mark. Right? Around oh, really? Thousand. Yeah. yeah, we we have everything in between. What's the most expensive car in here right now? Uh, the most expensive one now is a. Um, uh, there's a few of them row up to close to the century mark, but the one is there's a purple Challenger in there now. It's one twenty. And this building used to be an old roller skating rink, which yeah. would have been a lot of wheels for us today. <laughs> that yeah, was the case. Yeah. But you got, you were just telling me that it actually has a little bit of a different history as well. It's a little haunted, this building. Do tell. Yeah, it is. It, uh, there's been quite a few instances that, uh, and, and I'm very but skeptical. People die at the roller stuff. rink? I don't <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know what, you know, what the actual, um, uh, 
how it originated, but there there are definitely uh, apparitions. There are definitely things that are uh, go bump in the night in this building. Well, Al's going to take us out. Let's go head out in the first car, and then we'll check in after. Tell us what we're driving now. And uh, right now we're in a 1966 Pontiac Tri-Power GTO convertible four-speed car. Original interior, original undercarriage. This car is as nice and iconic example of a GTO that you could ever hope to find. And we're going to hear it right now because there is no way you're not going to hear it. (laughs) When we we crack three two-barrel carburetors open, there's no question you're going to hear what they sound like. And we're in a convertible, so this is fun today. Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be be a little noisy with the wind, but uh, you'll definitely hear some carburetors. And Jenny's in the back seat, so she's going to get blown right out. (laughs) I'm ready. All right, we got to watch. We're going to be in a 35-mile-an-hour zone, so I try not to go much over 100. Okay, good, good. I'm glad to hear it. There we go. There's the sound that we're all waiting for. It's a four-speed, right? Four-speed car, yes, sir. makes this car unique is uh, the tri-power setup. Three two-barrel carburetors. It's 360 horsepower and that was always underrated big time. Try that today, all right. We have to do the rest of the day again. Skip that part of the yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> See Jimmy's face right now, everybody. <laughs> I am Cheshire Catnip all the way. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Oh my god, that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just a it's just a neat old car. Oh god, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he catches his little guard too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Best day ever. <laughs> so you said you have about seventy to eighty cars in this building, which by my calculations, Glenn, blows out our our goal. <laughs> Yeah, but we only rode it on on eight tires. Oh, all so. right. I guess that's true. <laughs> drive all of them, and yeah, I noticed he wouldn't let you drive any of them, which is a very smart move, I by know, the way. No, 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 not fair. Yeah, not no, fair. They're all nice, Calling manageable foul. cars. Are cars that you could you could give your mother to drive if you wanted. You know, they're they're nice, uh, especially yeah, if she cars. likes to go really really fast. What is the website? How can people find you and come to see you? Uh, hangsters.com. Well, let's get into the second car. Let's have some fun. Hangsters.com. So we're in our second car with Al here. And what do we got here? We have a 1970 Cornette RT 440 
with a Ram Charger Ram Air package on it. Uh, two scoops on the hood. It's a triple black car. Of course, it came with uh, triple black seats and a console. Everything's black. black top, black yeah. interior, black car. Uh, it even has the blacked out wheels with the dog dish hubcaps on it. You know, it, it's, it's just a real nice example of a 1970, uh, Dodge Cornette, uh, RT. Fire it up and see what we got. One of these cars has its own signature sound to it, you know, whether it's a, a small block Chevy or a, uh, a, a big block Mopar, a Hemi is completely different than anything else out there. And this is an automatic too, right? This is an automatic on a console. Uh, the GTO is a four-speed, which makes it worth a lot more money. It's probably another five grand for that car because of a four-speed. If this car was a Mopar, that would have a pistol grip four-speed in it, and it would probably worth another three to five grand because of that also. Four-speeds always bring more money than an automatic. That, the Pontiac's going to have a little more high RPM yep. torque, where this car is going to be a little more uh, low RPM oriented. It's smoother, it doesn't set you back in your butt. You were shifting too, so that makes yeah, a difference. Yeah, force makes yeah. a difference. Fine. But that's why a GTO had such a following, is because of the sound that you got with that car. Yeah. About the same. Uh, see, that's just high gear giving it gas, so. <laughs> I mean, you had over thousands. What's your favorite car? There's only two cars in my whole lifetime that I actually miss. Um, only two. And I've, I mean, I've been pretty much through everything, you know, and there's only two that I actually miss. Wow! <laughs> I love how he just wow. catches us off guard with those. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> she had some wiggle there, though, didn't she? Wow, that'll put in some hair in your ass. <laughs> and now with 21 wheels in hand, we are on our way to the iconic Daytona International Speedway. And the first stop of the Speedway, we pick up 12 wheels on the tram tour, where we get to ride right on the track. Okay, my name's Ron. I'm going to be your tour guide. So, in 1936, they decided to start stock car racing on the beach. They raced the stock cars down there from 1936 through 1958. And then in 59, everything shifted out here to what was then a newly... Built and completed Daytona International 
Charles Speedway. This is the biggest day of any of NASCAR. For the great American race, it's exactly what you can hope for. Not just any one today, it's the Daytona 500. This is our year, let's just do it. Everything we do is dedicated to winning the Daytona 500. Speedway, and Glenn and I just took a tour of the Speedway, which was fantastic. You know what really um, struck me the most was just how much it banks. You don't really appreciate that until you're riding along on it, and it's almost like right up against you. It's crazy, but so we're also now in the big old museum. Tell us about where we are right now, Ron. <laughs> well, this is Ron and Don. <laughs> this is the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. Uh, it's a uh, it's a museum for all motorsports. Uh, we've been in business. We're coming up on our 30th induction ceremony uh, coming up in March. We honor people from all areas of American motorsports. So I know we're talking about wheels today, but yeah. we, we do honor some non-wheel sports like boats and and uh, airplanes as well. But but the big uh, motor racing sports uh, of uh, stock cars, drag racing. Sports cars, indie cars, motorcycles, we all we cover all of those. And so we honor people and then we display their vehicles in the Motorsports Hall of Fame Museum. We have some more new base people that we honor. We certainly go back to, uh, to people who just started it all, like uh, Barney Oldfield, the first uh, sort of superstar. Uh, what would you say is your favorite classic moment in the history of racing? Oh, my gracious. I know, I'm asking a big question, right? <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, uh, if you want to go back to the, the very early days, it was probably uh, uh, somebody like um, uh, like Barney Oldfield. Uh, it was it was something that uh, uh, the, the fascination with uh, speed and with with motorized vehicles was something brand new. So the, these were people that were sort of immortal. And so uh, when you uh, uh, they would go from state fairs uh, around and, and ha have sort of a show and people would be uh, be thrilled by this new phenomenon so i you know i sort of get nostalgic about those things i can imagine i can imagine so we just came off a tour as i was explaining and also right before we got here we went to hangsters and checked out their old antique cars and we got to take a ride in a gto and he went really fast blew my uh ponytail right out <laughs> and i had a great time i can only imagine what it's like to go around the speedway what are some of the experiences that people can opt in to to have here at, at the Daytona National Speedway, Don. Well, a lot of people, when they come to, they think about the Speedway, they think about our major events, the Daytona 500, the Rolex 24 at Daytona, um, Supercross, but really just about any day of the year that you're here in Daytona Beach, you can do something at the Speedway. Um, we have almost daily Speedway tours. Um, the only time we don't have Speedway tours are during major events or major holidays. But otherwise, we have three different tours that people can take. We have a 30-minute Speedway tour, which is what you went on today. Yeah, thank you so much for that. It was fantastic. Good. Um, we also have our most popular is a 90-minute all-access tour. And then we have a three-hour VIP tour, which is by reservation only. 
What's what's involved with the All Access Tour? Um, the All Access Tour is everything that you see on the Speedway Tour. So when you went out, you went through the garage area, you saw Gatorade Victory Lane, you had a chance to go up onto the start-finish line. Um, where the, yeah, This is really cool. Yeah, that banking there is 18 degrees. Gosh. And it looks flat on TV, so you cannot appreciate the banking no. unless you see it in person. <laughs> and then, you know, you get to go around and you see the 31-degree banking in our turns. Um, the All Access Tour hits on all of those areas. Plus, you get to go up and over to the other side, like the seating area, which is our new stadium. It was opened in um, January 2016 mm-hmm. after a $400 million um, redevelopment of the front stretch. And you get to go check that out because a lot of fans, you know, they might have been here a couple years ago. They might not get to Daytona on a regular basis. So this gives you gives you a opportunity to check out that stadium feel that we now have because it's just so vastly different from before. Absolutely. So it includes that as well. So let me ask you, Ron, why do you think people are so drawn to th- to machines that go so fast. <laughs> I was giggling like a little schoolgirl, by the way, in the back of that GTO. I, th- like. I think you've answered it yourself. I think you've answered it yourself. It's just we all love to have that thrill. And uh, and I think in terms of, of motorsports, uh, uh, we see people doing things that maybe we'd like to do, but it's a little too scary for us. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it, we let them do it, and we enjoy it <laughs> right. and vicariously right. imagine that we're behind that wheel. So right. I, I, it's something that I think we all know what it feels like uh, out on the freeway uh, uh, occasionally. Occasionally, right, right. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So, <laughs> and as the Daytona Speedway has been been around, it's become such an iconic figure in Daytona Beach. Um, what is it like to be part of the community here? How is that? How are you guys um, involved in just helping grow and be a part of Daytona Beach? You know, we're so thankful for the community and the support that we have here. You know, we started out on the beaches um, and. We moved over here to the Speedway in 1959. So and throughout the 50s and even going before that, not only were the stock cars racing on the beach, but also the motorcycles, which a lot of people don't realize. <laughs> so, you know, Bill France was a local mechanic. He owned a fueling station here in Daytona Beach. And when everything was um, really building up around the beach, though, so it was more difficult to race on the speed or race on the beach. Um, so many people were coming out for those events, he wanted to build something like had never been seen before. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing like it with the banking that they had here. And so he built the Speedway. And so we have been a part of this community since 1959. And I guess technically before that, you know, (laughs) bringing all the racing and the people to the area. And, you know, we have a lot of things here. We do food drives and we have our Earth Day tree planting that we do throughout the city and the county, actually. Um, we have a blood drive every September. Um, and we try to have things. We'll be opening up one Daytona across from Daytona National Speedway. That'll be opened by our parent company, International Speedway Corporation. And it's not just shopping, um, in restaurants, which is a big part of it, but it's going to have, um, entertainment. There'll be live music Thursdays through Sunday, and it'll just have a family feel where people can come out and just enjoy the time, and that'll just help bring, give us another opportunity to more frequently bring the community together here at the Speedway. So, Ron, what would you say is, out of all the sets of wheels that we have going on right here in this museum, which do you think always draws the biggest crowd? selfies. Well, you know, I'm almost going to say it's the uh, Hudson Hornet, the fabulous Mm -hmm. Hudson Hornet. When people, uh, uh, that's one of the first things they see as they walk in the door. We're part of the tour. So we're the end part of the tour. So people can come after the tour of the Speedway and linger here for a while. 
And, but the first thing they see is that Hudson Hornet, and especially the kids, because they recognize that as a char- character from the, uh, from the Cars movies. Right. That was voiced by Paul Newman. It was called Doc Hudson. So you see that just it the little all youngsters. Generations. Yeah. So, so, uh, uh, you know, so I would say that's the, probably the, the, the photo moment that most people take advantage of. Well, Ron and Don, we thank you so much, not only for allowing us to take a tour today and, and share this wonderful place, um, but for providing us with an interview. And thank you so much. It's, it's been a fantastic experience. We really appreciate everything that you do with the Donut International Speedway. Thank you so much. Right, thank you, you for having us on. Back to the inside. They almost touch as they move down low in the bank. And you're going to be side by side as they exit the bank and head for the finish line. Richard Petty goes back in front. They both spin. They're in the wall. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. He's coming down toward the finish line. Will he make it? He's still moving. The car stops 300, 400 feet shy of the finish line. Pearson is still running. Here's Petty trying to fire to come across the line. David Pearson moving down through as they come to the stripe. The winner is car number 21. So after our interview with the wonderful people at the Daytona International Speedway, Glenn took a little bit of a spill and ruined the whole rest of our agenda. So we didn't get to talk to the beach cards of Daytona guys. So here they are on a Skype interview. You call five hours in the hospital a little spill. Um, it was, it was, it was a sight to see guys. (laughs) Well, Jason, I am so glad that you agreed to join us today. I'm sorry that we didn't get to see you live after my little accident last week. We were, we were looking forward to riding golf carts all over the place. Golf cart rentals at Daytona beach are a big thing, aren't they? Yeah, they're really popular, uh, because in Daytona beach, the world's most famous beach, you're able to drive. Which is so cool because the sand is all packed down, right? And so it makes like a perfect driving surface. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. The tide comes in and out twice a day. And the best conditions are low tide for uh, driving. Now, do you have to stay, if you're in a golf cart, do you still have to stay in the uh, motor vehicle lanes? You can't go. Yes, it's yeah. just like a, just like a, you, you got to follow the same rules that a car would follow. But now the difference is in Daytona Beach, you can drive the golf carts on the street, right? They're street legal? Yours are anyway. Yes. Yeah, they're street legal, but you have to stay on roads 35 or less, which is all of Beachside. You just can't cross over the bridges where the speed increases. Ah. And uh, there's several rules. You know, you have to stay in the right lane. And, uh, you know, if somebody comes up, you know, they'll just go around you if you're in the right lane. It's a little easier for them to get around you. And they got, uh, you know, they got seatbelts and turn signals and blinkers and, you know, all that good stuff. You have to have some crazy stories of people that have rented these. Like, is it legal to drink and drive golf carts, by the way? No, it's not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just thought I'd ask. It's not legal to drink and drive on a lawnmower, when I seriously (laughs) doubt. (laughs) So have anybody ever driven one right in the ocean? I mean, you know, had a little too much and took it for a spin in the ocean. No, 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 nope. they haven't. Okay. You're waiting for that call, aren't you? That's going to come one of these days. Oh gosh, Some one spring, of these break. spring break. I mean, will happen. It's, I mean, I think it's when, when you're actually driving on the beach, I think it's safer than a car. It's, it weighs a lot less. Uh, it doesn't go as fast. Um, for a vehicle to be driving on the beach, I think a golf cart would be perfect. 
It was so funny. We were down on one of our last adventures in, in southern Florida, and these three girls on were heading out to a yacht, oh. and I mean a big yacht. Ah. We're on a golf cart doing about 100 miles an hour around the turn, and they had groceries in the back, and the groceries and all drunk. went flying all over the road. <laughs> <laughs> so the ours go about 25. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. How fast do they go, 25? Yeah, yeah. It's a golf cart. It's designed for you know driving on a golf course, but when you have to add the street legal kit to it, and then uh, then it's able to be go on the road. So, what is it going to run to rent a golf cart uh, at Daytona Beach? Uh, we have a full day rate, a half day rate. We also do it hourly. Just depends on what you know they have planned for the day, how much time they have. I think it's really cool that you guys have unlimited beach re-entry included with all of the carts so someone can take one out and you know for a full day and just go in and on and off the beach which i think is really neat yeah and that, i mean especially it, it saves them a lot of money because if they're from out of town you know it's twenty dollars to get on the beach and if they rent a golf cart from us uh it's included in the price and it's unlimited re-entry well, you want to go to, if you're heading to Daytona Beach, go to BeachCartsDaytona.com, BeachCartsDaytona.com, and you'll find all the rental information there. You'll find Jason there as well. So, uh, well, next time we come down, can we take a rain check, uh, providing I don't hurt myself right before? Can we take one for a ride? We have a lifetime rain check. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Uh. <laughs> My ribs appreciate it. <laughs> thanks, Jason. So one other thing that we got to do while we were in Daytona is we got to head out to the Speedway at night. And, yes. and it was really cool because they had a festival of lights going on. It is the holiday season, and despite the warm weather, we down here definitely know how to still celebrate. Daytona International Speedway kind of leads the charge right there in Daytona with a huge display of lights. It's called we the got Magic check- of Lights. Yes, and there's thousands and thousands of them, and we got to see them all ourselves. All right, guys, we are checking out the Christmas lights at the Daytona Speedway. That's pretty. You can hear maybe the Christmas music in the background. We, they have us tuned in to 107.9, and this whole place is just littered in lights in a good way. They're not just smashed <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> like <laughs> They're formed into... I haven't seen a race car in lights yet. Oh, there they are over there. Ah, the you spotted There's one. The, the wheels going. Yeah, they have the wheels turning. I think it's really cute and really sweet. I, I'm loving this already. So the what, the what we have here is all the vignettes and displays uh, that you would see. Vignettes? What a... I know. Gosh, a what good, a term. Big word. He's earning his Glenn, okay, Glenn the Geek credentials. Here. <laughs> I'm seeing if, uh, if I recognize. Oh, there's number one and there's number three. There you go. Are those Got significant? Yes. I'll okay. explain it to you later. <laughs> so. so now we're about to pass under some of the stands here at the Speedway and getting to see them from this angle is pretty cool. I had no idea that they were this steep, Glenn. Yeah, you're you're rock climbing when you're at the top. <laughs> you didn't realize this angle when you, you know, from where we saw it before. It's just, this is really cool. So all, they've, they've set up lights literally that go under the yeah, stands. Yeah, we're actually going in the tunnels under the stands. That's so neat. They're driving through. I didn't think they would do it. Oh, I didn't, guy in front of me stopped and I almost hit him. So Glenn's like, I'm not sure what a couple of these are. So I start pointing out, making up what they are. They're like, those are some French chickens over there. (laughs) And then it's a couple more little stands. Like, wait a minute. Now it's dawning on us. (laughs) 
this is the 12 days of Christmas. Those are the maids of milking. And those those were French hens back there. We through the 12 days before we figured it out. We get there eventually. Now we're passing the Lords of Leaping. Yeah, they're definitely leaping. And for some reason, Santa is jumping a motorcycle over some candy canes. Because it's the speedway. You know, he's got to have a daredevil. I don't think anything to do with the 12 days, though. I don't think so either. All right, everybody. It's been a fun day here at Daytona Beach. Ugh. So, we had a great time in Daytona Beach up until a certain moment when a certain someone... <laughs> It'd be me. <laughs> Raising my hand over here. <laughs> complete idiot. And, well, guys, you just have to hear it to believe it. Glenn, what did you do to yourself? <laughs> I took a bit of a spill, and uh, I, I broke a couple of ribs in my back. Oh. Let's just say from about the time, well, after we left to Daytona and headed to our next stop, which we're not going to mention because we don't want to throw yeah. them under the bus. Literally. Yeah, it was nobody's uh, fault, but your it was. I was a dumb it, klutz. Uh, and he's he's trying to spread a rumor that I pushed you him. You pushed me. Yes. I don't I, appreciate. I really do think she did. Um, I did not. Yes, with my mind. <laughs> with the power of my mind. <laughs> now, we had a mystery sound yesterday, didn't we? We did. And the mystery sound, for those that didn't get it already, yeah. uh, the first one, we're giving it to you here. So the, if yeah. you go to our Facebook page, where do they go to post it? Just go to the Finding Florida podcast on Facebook. And then post on there what it was. And we have swag that we're giving away or something we're giving away. We'll find something. Yeah, yeah we'll what? find something. We'll stick into the closet. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> here, is, here is the sound of me hitting the deck, literally. Okay, that you heard. <laughs> That's my back breaking ribs. <laughs> and uh, now, the other thing that happened during this time is the vehicle we were in, my phone, by the way, I was trying to take a selfie, guys, which is why this all happened. So my phone went flying and at 30 miles an hour under the road, and we managed to find that later. And my phone, by the way, Samsung 8, it was fine, except for a little crack down in the it's corner. Right. It was fine. It didn't break into a thousand I pieces. I couldn't believe <laughs> it. It went First flying all, out of the thing. Even got it, that you even got it back was a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but then it, it was virtually in one piece. It I, was still recording the, the audio. <laughs> it, it like recorded it's almost semi-death <laughs> so it then i think we can count the four wheels it took to drive in her vehicle to the hospital from that oh, point yeah yeah okay, so we have to count, count those. those so now we're up to 37 wheels we were on okay 37 and then i had another eight wheels in the hospital because yeah, I was in a wheelchair and a gurney. So I picked up another eight. So we got wheelchair to x-ray. Guys, this is a real deal. <laughs> you know what? All in one day. <laughs> Despite your pain, this know, gives us hurts. street cred. <laughs> <laughs> we now have street cred as like the most badass podcasters That's right. in all of Look, Florida. I am willing to go to any length to get the <laughs> podcast done. Any length, apparently. Life and limb. Five hours in the hospital. People. But can we give a shout out to Halifax uh, Health Center? Yeah. Biggest waiting room I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Like a football I mean, field. It's huge. There's <laughs> 200 beds the in the emergency room. 200. 
It's insane. But yeah, they did a great job with you. It's and it looks like a hotel. With you. And then I had to deal with you for the whole <laughs> yeah. next, rest true. of the trip. Oh, my ribs. Oh, I can't <laughs> breathe. Wow, wow, wow. You ruined the episode, Glenn. <laughs> And I could not laugh like I am now. This is two weeks later, and I'm, I, I can barely laugh now. Uh, On his show, Horses in the Morning, he had queued up some some canned laugh tracks. Yeah, the only way he gets through. He couldn't laugh. It was just hilarious. Now, she acts all like she was making fun of me the whole time. You were pretty concerned there for a little I, while. I, I, I was, truth <laughs> be told. I was a nervous Nelly, but... We made it through. I got to drive your pickup truck, which was yeah, so I much drive fun. It, which I never, <laughs> I which I said I would never let her do. I didn't know how much fun those things are. <laughs> They're so much fun. Yeah, I had a great. So time. we did. We were planning on doing a couple more things. We were going to go ride electric bikes. We were going to do bicycles. We were going to do go karts at the amusement pier. We we're going to end yeah. up the night at the at the I, amusement pier. I wanted pier. a Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel. Um, all of that. Just we were going to go to the right donut shop to get tubes. wheeled looking donuts. So, I mean, we were out of all this Donnie's stuff. Donuts, yeah. Yeah, it never happened. Donuts. But even so, happened. we still ended up with 44 wheels. But I want to give a quick thank you for their ideas to Kyle Servant and to Rhonda Harvey. They really sent out a lot of ideas to us on Facebook. So thank you to those uh, listeners of ours for really helping us figuring out what our agenda at least was going to, to be. be? <laughs> we'll be back to Daytona. No, no worries. <laughs> and a major, major thank you to the Daytona Beach Area Convention and Visitors Board. They were fantastic with their support for this episode. So thank you to them very much. Now, at the end of the episode, we always ask, uh, did you have a favorite part? Ooh, my favorite. P- well, <laughs> is it really cruel if I say my favorite part was you falling just because? <laughs> yeah, that's cruel. I've, I've had so many laughs ever since. <laughs> <laughs> that's cruel. That is cruel. Why is your why are you my co-host again? I don't remember. I don't know. But aside from that, I would actually say my favorite part, which was uh, to be honest, I didn't see it coming, was the beach mobility. I had the time of my life riding around, meeting Greg. He had such a touching story, and then Terry riding up in his one wheel. It just was a great time out on the beach. It was a beautiful are day. Are you telling me what? that your favorite part wasn't this? <laughs> I know you're about to All right, all right, they get the point. That wasn't your favorite part? <laughs> 100 miles an hour to GTO? All right, all right, I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> that did blow my mind. I had it. Yeah, there's no denying it. Okay, all right. What was yours? What was yours? My favorite part actually was the beach. You know, we had a great rooms on the beach. You and I both had great rooms with balconies overlooking the beach. Yeah, and then we got to go out the morning drive on the beach with nobody there. That was so cool. And we got to go yeah. walk on the beach for a little while with without anybody there. Uh, you know, that was my favorite part. Plus, you know, the cars were kind of fun. I mean, that was that was fun. <laughs> that whole scene, right? Just living, t- listening to you laugh in the back seat of the GTO was probably my favorite part. Oh, <laughs> 
I want to go back just for that. If that's all I got to do all day long in Daytona Beach, I'd be a happy girl. That was so much fun. Well, we hope you enjoyed this little look, this half a look at Daytona Beach. We'll go back and do the other half another time. We have, uh, if you missed the first couple of episodes, the Animals of Route 1 and also our 10 things at Disney World, go back and take a listen to those and on our, uh, just wherever you can find your podcast. And we're now on... Spotify. That's Guys, right. we're big time. Yeah, you can Spotify. find us on Spotify or any place that you find podcasts. You can also find us on the Horse Radio Network phone app. Just go to go to your app store and your phone, download the Horse Radio Network, and you'll find a Finding Florida podcast on there if you find that an easy way to listen. But we really appreciate you joining us, and we have a lot more fun planned around Florida. Oh, one last thing. We also have some new YouTube videos up, so go check out our YouTube channel, too. Yes, we put some up from all our adventures. The YouTube channel is now active. Or just find it all at FindingFloridaPodcast.com. Well, guys, here's to your next adventure in and out of the hospital.